there's been a lot going on, <laughs> like a lot. And I've been talking about a bit of it, but I'm going to go and change back to the way I used to do because only doing three episodes a week, there are a lot of things that fall through the cracks that I would like to talk about. So the shows are going to be having multiple topics within them. Don't worry. The myth, uh, world building Wednesday will continue to be world building Wednesday, but the Monday and Friday show will have a much more variety in them than they have in the past. Instead of focusing on just one topic, because I have a lot of opinions. So let's get started on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and yeah, I'm going back to the old format. For anybody who's been a fan of the show for a really long time, or who has braved the depths of the archive, even though the entire archive is not up because it didn't all transfer over when I moved to Anchor, and I honestly have not taken the time to put up all the old episodes, sorry about that. One day I will be able to have somebody help me with that, and it will happen, but for now... I'm going back to my old format. Used to be, back in the day, I would talk about multiple shows, multiple things, and we would kind of do a segment on each thing. Kind of going back to that. Kind of going back to that. Not, not, not entirely, but kind of going back to that. So, I hope you enjoyed this new format. And I, I've done this a couple times recently, and with everything going on right now, there's so much I want to talk about. I just want to get into it. I want to start with all of the nice things that y'all have been saying to me. Thank you very, very much. Um, a few of you finally got to see one of the transphobia storms hit my stream the other day and were a part of that. And you, 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 you were precious, wonderful people who were much more upset and moved by what happened than I was. I, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm used to people going, ah, Charlie's a man, Charlie's a man. And you know what? I've never been a man. And I'm not even like talking about gender, right? I've never done manly things. Like, unless we're talking about like soccer practice style manly things. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to soccer practice, go watch the video for soccer practice by Johnny McGovern. Because you know, I, I have to, I have been a manly dude doing manly things in, in, in the context of soccer practice, but outside of that context, you're very wrong. You're very wrong. Like, I, I think it would be funny. Like, if you want to misgender me, just be like, Charlie's a boy because, okay, okay, that's a fair charge. I'll take it. But the fact that you can't even get your charges against me, right, just bothers me for your own sake. If you're going to come for me and come for me for real, because you know what? I, I'm not upset by this stuff. I misgendered myself for 40 years. There are podcasts out there of me misgendering myself and using my dead name. 
they're going to be out there in the universe forever. So I'm not upset about it. You're not going to get me. So I know that this isn't going to stop any of the idiots from being idiots, but I just wanted to say it. I wanted to put it out in the world because, yeah, it is what it is. People like to pick a certain group and hate on them. And right now they've picked a couple and, you know, I, I happen to be in one of those groups. It will pass. It will eventually go away. And then they'll pick somebody else. And probably <laughs> just because I, I am a diverse individual in my own right, I'll be a part of that group as well. But uh, it's tired. It's just getting tired. There's no creativity to it. And I just want it to stop. So thank you to everybody who sent me very kind words you'd mean the world to me but these poor pathetic critters are just that they're poor pathetic critters i haven't talked much about the upcoming dune movie for a lot of reasons one i'm really really a big fan of the books like frank herbert is one of my favorite writers and the Dune books are really high on my list as far as favorite things. And so the cast, oh, I don't have too much to say about it. I've talked about it a little bit. Let's just, before we get into the trailer trailer, let's talk a little bit about the cast. Zendaya playing Chani. I can see it. I'm okay with that. Rebecca Ferguson as Lady Jessica. We'll have to see how they play Lady Jessica to know if I'm okay with that. Uh, Timothy Chalamet as Paul Atreides. Okay. I'm starting here for two reasons. Paul is pivotal to this entire story. And I kind of like that Timothy Chalamet is playing Paul because Paul is younger in the books than he is almost ever cast in any of the movies. I do believe Paul is like 15 at the beginning of the book. And because it's an epic, it covers so much of Paul's life. So I am okay with Paul being younger. I, 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 I'm not going to say much more than that. So Josh Brolin is Gurney Halleck. I can see it. I'm there. Dave Batiste as... Uh, Beast Raban. I don't like that. <clears throat> I don't like that. And they literally have him named as Beast. Now, Raban, Raban was a monster, and I get it, and I get it. And I think Dave Batista is a great person to cast for that role. I'm here for it. I, I'm excited. Oscar Isaac as Duke Leto Atreides. Again, I'm down. Stellan Skarsgård as Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. I'm here. I'm here. Javier Bardem as Stilgar. I'm good. I'm good. And we can just like keep going through the cast. There are a lot of people that I'm very excited about. I've talked about this before, but Jason Momoa as Duncan Idaho really bothers me. Mainly because, and I'm sorry, spoilers. This is a spoiler for the future books if you haven't read them. And if they actually get to do more than one movie this time. But Duncan Idaho eventually... I'm just going to say as simply as I can so it's not too spoilery. Duncan Idaho eventually becomes a Mentat, which means he, he becomes Data. 
he becomes kind of a human robot and I don't see Jason Momoa playing that kind of a stoic character I really don't and I, I the other thing that worries me about this is with casting with casting Timothy Chalamet to play Paul they're going to have to trade out people if they're going to do the books. Now, who knows how much of... Like, if they were smart. If they were smart, this movie is going to cover the first third, because the first Dune book is a trilogy in and of itself, and this would cover up to the point where they are expelled into the desert. <clears throat> and then the next book, the next movie, would be The Time of the Desert, and Part three would be, I guess they're calling it the Crusade now, which I'm okay with. In, in the books, it is referred to as the Jihad, but okay, I, whatever. I'm fine with it. <clears throat> I, I I don't know how they're breaking the story up, and that's what really worries me about the trailer. Because watching the trailer, oh, I, I'm not entirely sure that they read the book. And that's probably just because it's a bad trailer. It's probably, probably just because it's a bad trailer. Bad trailers happen. Bad trailers happen. But so do really bad adaptations of Dune. And look, as much as I love the 1984 one, it, it is a hot garbage fire compared to the book. In a lot of ways, I think the book is unfilmable. But I don't think it's this unfilmable. At least what they showed in the trailer did not remind me of the book at all, other than the fact that, oh, look, there's a still suit. Oh, look, there's a sandworm. I guess that's Fade? Oh, no, that's Raban. Okay. Where's Fade? I don't even see him listed in the credits. Okay. So what is going on here? I have to start with I'm just tired of the slow song thing that trailers do now. I'm just tired of it. It, it, it. It's been worn out for a while and it really doesn't augment this trailer well at all. Number two, I, I'm assuming they had him re-record the Bene Gesserit prayer for this trailer that Timothy Chalamet had to re-record it. Because if that's how the lines are delivered in the movie that's going to be problematic because the Bene Gesserit prayer, the long or the short version are just that they're a prayer and they're thoughts that go through Paul's mind on a couple occasions when he has to face great fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings about total annihilation. I will behold and know my fear. I will let it pass through me. I will follow the course in which it travels. And when it is gone, only I will remain. I, I don't like the line delivery. Like, this is one of the things that really upsets me most about this, is the line deliveries that are in the trailer feel so out of character for the characters that we're getting. Because Paul, the way, the way at least the lines are delivered and the framing for Paul feels like Leto II, not like Paul. And I know I'm getting ahead because it's a different book and a different movie if they ever actually get to it. But I don't like Paul sounding like Leto. 
Because Paul, while he was very contemplative and all of that, also had a lot of emotional issues, which is kind of the core of his character. He sees the golden path and knows that he cannot follow it. And this Paul feels much more ready to embrace the golden path. And I don't know if it's an artifact of the trailer or if what they're actually doing with the movie, but with a few exceptions of scenes that may, may, may take place later in the book, everything that's in the trailer is from before the fall, well, before to right after the fall of House Atreides. And again, I'm sorry for spoilers for anybody who hasn't read the book. The book's been out for a very long time. The book came out, I think, in the 60s. It's been out for a while, and there have been movies and TV and TV miniseries and stuff based on it. I just assume people have a familiarity with it. But, so maybe they are breaking the book up into three films, which would work. It would work better than trying to crush it all into one, because... You have to explain the Bene Gesserit, you have to explain the Spacing Guild, you have to explain the Sardaukar, you have to explain the Padishah and the Empire. You have to explain explain the rivalry between House Harkonnen and House Atreides. You have to explain what the Kwisatz Haderach is, if they're even going to call him the Kwisatz Haderach. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you have to cover if you're going to do the whole book. And that's, that's, that's before you even get to the Fremen, who the Fremen are, what the sandworms are, and all of that. And since I finally mentioned the sandworms, can I just say, that's the one thing that made me happiest about this whole thing? They have finally, finally, put a sandworm on screen that's worthy of the name. Because, all hail Shia Lude, the sandworms are supposed to be enormous. And while previous attempts have made them quite big, they haven't quite been big enough. Because... The sandworms are supposed to be titanic. I mean, they're just huge. So seeing that giant sandworm erupt out of the desert made me happy. That's the one positive note that I have about the trailer. The sandworm made me happy. Am I canceling this movie based on this trailer? No. Will I be critical with the next trailer? Yes. Because this this trailer's only job was to get me excited. And if it got you excited... I, I, I'll, more power to you. More power to you. I am being hypercritical, and I know I'm being hypercritical because I'm such a huge fan of the source material. But to me, they only have a few jobs in doing an adaptation. There are only a few things that an adaptation has to get right. And it feels like they're failing on those things. <sighs> Why don't we just talk about that? Let's have a little chat about what an adaptation should do and what an adaptation should be because a movie based on a book will never be the book to me a film adaptation of a book only has a few criteria that it has to meet to be good because one it's never going to be the book it's never going to be the book so I throw that out the window right? Because the book is so close to you. It is so intimate. You're imagining the whole thing. It's never going to live up to the amazing things that your brain can create. So, throw that away. So, what does a good movie adaptation have to have? 
One, a good movie adaptation has to get the characters right. And this is where most movie adaptations completely fail. Like, it's your one job. Get the characters right. The Harry Potter movies are egregious for these as much as I do enjoy them. Because Hermione is wrong. Harry is wrong. Ron is wrong. Luna. Don't even get me started on Luna or any of the other characters. Like, I, I don't feel like they captured the essence of many of the characters from the source material. And this is a common problem when it comes to adaptations. It's why I get mad at like every DC Universe movie that comes out. Because it's like you have one job. You're due to Batman movie. It, it needs to have Batman in it. Like, that shouldn't be the hard part. Like, making the rest of the story interesting should be the hard part. But you fail in, like, step one. It should have the characters in it. If you could do that, you're well on your way. There are some movie adaptations of books that are so far away from the plot of the original that I absolutely, absolutely adore. Like, Stardust. Stardust is a very good example of this. The story in the Stardust movie and the Stardust book by Neil Gaiman could not be more different. Like, they don't have... They have very few things in common, and most of those things are character names. But the essence of the characters, I feel, gets pulled over. I feel like those... Yes, those are the characters that I wanted to see from the books. I think the same thing's true of the Good Omens series. It's not exactly the books, and that's okay. Because... Those are the characters that I wanted to see doing the things that I wanted to see them do. So it works for me. It still has that humor. It still has that heart. Because that's what you have to capture. is the essence, the spirit, the heart of the characters and of the book. As long as you get that right, we're... Well, I was going to say we'll be happy with it, but there's a contingent of the world that's never going to be happy no matter what. So, eh. But... For the most part, we'll be happy with your process. So, number one, get get the characters right. And number two, make the world feel right. This again is where I'm I'm really like not feeling this movie. Caladan is washed out. Dune is Arrakis is washed out, and maybe they just put a filter on it for the trailer. And okay, but Caladan. Caladan is almost this mythical land, especially once they get exiled to the desert, because Caladan has humongous seas. There's water everywhere. There's greenery everywhere. Caladan should look like a magical fairyland, and Dune Arrakis desert planet should look like. Uh, yeah. But okay, everything's going to be blue, apparently, because we're doing that. Hmm. And you see them get this wrong in a lot of films. So the setting should feel right. And the essential theme and main plot arc should also work. It should. It really should. Not that you're going to hit every beat, because you're not. Books are much longer than movies. If we assume that the average movie, let's say, is two hours, because movies have gotten a bit longer, the average audiobook, just somebody reading the text of a book, it's going to be 15 to 40 hours, depending on the book. You're not going to be able to compress 
40 hours or even 20 hours of story into two hours. It's, you're going to have to, you're going to have to skip some stuff. You're going to have to leave some stuff out. It's, it's just the nature of the beast. It's actually why I prefer TV series based on books more than movies based on books. Cause you, you have more time. You can actually do the books. I know surprising, but you can. So are we seeing that in these trailers? Nope. <laughs> At least not for me. So I've gone back to writing fiction, like, full-time. And I don't mean that in, like, some kind of offhanded way. I'm, I'm writing stories. I'm writing a lot of stories. <laughs> like, a lot. And I'm really excited about it. I have my anthology story finished for the Orla Heart anthology, which will be coming out on the 27th. I am working on stories for other anthologies. I've gotten two novellas finished already. I am, I'm cranking out a lot of work. And it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. But it's a, it, it, it is what it is. But the one thing that I have started realizing, at least in my own personal taste about fiction, is that every story has a heart. It has a feeling. It has a tone. It has a mood. It has a mind. And as long as that heart stays beating, the story is good. Like, that's all that I really care about in my stories, is that there is a certain... I mean, we could even say aesthetic to the story world, a certain feel that makes the story world cohesive, makes it fit together, makes it all work. And as a bad joke, because I like to make bad offhand references to Yu-Gi-Oh all the time. Don't ask me why. I don't know. I really don't know, but I do. I like to call this believing in the heart of the cards. Because that's what this is all about. You have to have faith in the story and in the characters that they're going to get you where you need to go and not rely on tricks and cheats and all that other stuff that gets foisted into a story and weighing it down and making it not work. So, what are they doing with these movies? What are they doing with these shows? I don't know. Because it feels like they're paying a lot of money for a name that they think will be marketable and then not not using it. <laughs> like, it seems like the simplest thing to me. If you're going to do a movie called Batman, it should be about Batman. It just... Uh, call me crazy. And maybe I am for thinking that... But I'm not going to your Batman movie to see some new original character that you've created that you're calling Batman. I, I'm going there to see Batman. You know, if you tell me you're doing Dracula, that's great. But I'm not coming to see Carmilla or Interview with a Vampire or <laughs> Twilight, right? Those are different vampire books. Very different ba- vampire books. You're making me a promise. Don't make a promise that you aren't going to keep. You know, in Save the Cat, Blake Snyder refers to this as living up to the promise of your premise. And in all of this media that is coming out, which is so, so derivative, where they're pulling on classic books and TV shows and everything else, 
as the reboot bonanza that we've been living through marches on, you need, they need to have the courage of their convictions to just be what they are claiming to be. If you're making a Wonder Woman movie, give me a Wonder Woman movie. That's what I want to see. Like, you told me, Marvel told me they were giving me a Captain America movie. You know what I got? A Captain America movie. <laughs> Simple, straightforward, honest. I was told I was getting a Suicide Squad movie. I, I don't know what that was, but... Same thing with the Justice League movie. Like, you can't call a movie a Justice League movie when there isn't a Justice League in it. It's just number one. Th that should be simple. That should be straightforward. And I, it's getting to the point of just utter frustration for me. And I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do about it because I know nobody's going to listen. I know nobody's going to care. They're going to keep making their money on whatever they can make their money on. But I'm not going to be giving my money to a lot of these projects. Like, I'm just tired about it. Like, yeah, I will eventually watch them. I will eventually see them. I will eventually have them in my life. But I'm going to wait till they show up on one of the streaming services or something like that. You know, as curious as I am about Mulan, I'm going to wait because $35 is $35. And right now, money is tight. So I'm not going to be giving you extra money, Disney. Sorry. Though I am very excited for The Mandalorian Season 2, which is coming out next month. I could be hateful. I could be angry. I could be frustrated. I'm none of those things. I'm none of those things. And that, that is okay. That's fine. I'm perfectly all right with that. I am absolutely perfectly all right with that. Because I have come to realize that there's something everyone needs to realize. Franchises are not your friends. Movie companies are not your friends. Large corporate conglomerates are not your friends. They're not here to make me happy as much as they should be. And I, let's be honest, right? You're doing a Dune book into a movie. You should be trying to get all of the fans of Dune really, really excited so that we can make everybody else really excited. Remember that whole Lord of the Rings thing? It kind of worked, didn't it? I, of all the things that Hollywood has copied... I, I don't understand why they were like, oh, let us do Peter Jackson's aesthetic and as many properties as we can pull off. So helicopter shots for all, y'all. Helicopter shots for all. No, the reason the Lord of the Rings movies were successful and The Hobbit wasn't is that he was able to capture the spirit of those works. You could see the fandom in everything that he did and the fans got super excited and we agitated so much that other people got really excited and Lord of the Rings became a really big thing. So wh why don't you just try to get us super excited? <laughs> just, just maybe a little bit, just, 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 just a touch. It's not that hard to do. It really isn't that hard to do, especially for some of the fandoms that have been neglected for so long, but that's okay. That's okay. We're going to have to take care of ourselves. We've always had to take care of ourselves. It's nothing new. So be strong, be brave, and don't get all worked up. Like, I wanted to do this episode just yelling and screaming and hollering 
about all of the frustration that I'm having that like all of these millions millions of dollars are going to make a book that I absolutely love into a movie and then I see the trailer and I'm just like what the crap but there's no point in getting worked up about it like they don't owe me anything and this is the part that they're going to have to start realizing I don't own the, owe them anything either so if they're going to want my money they're going to have to do better and that's where I'm going to leave it <laughs> All right. I I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a bit more about more things than usual. We're actually going to be doing a lot of stuff, but we'll, we'll see. We, we will see. If you have any questions, comments, or topics that you would like to hear me address on the show, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Please keep it short and clean. I would love to hear from you on the show. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, I am C.E. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you've got a buck you can pass my way, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to my Patreon listener support and coffee for one-time donations. Thank you to everyone who does that. Y'all mean the world to me, especially you, Cat Leo, Cat Mosier, the great, great Super Cat, the Reverend Super Cat, Goth Cat, all the cats. And I hope everybody checks out your Twitch and YouTube channels. You are amazing, and thank you so, so much for your support. It, it really does mean the world to me. If you don't have any money right now, or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. But if you like anything that I do, please consider sharing it with other people. Being found and discovered in this line of work is one of the hardest things that there is to do. So thank you to everybody who does that as well. Alrighty. I've got so much to do. I'm going to try to get the world building better organized over on the World Anvil sites. So be looking forward to that. And hopefully some more articles will be going up there shortly. And until next time, remember, Black Lives Matter. Black Trans Lives Matter. Trans identities are valid. And may you all have the courage to ride your dreams into reality. And don't forget to have the fun. Bye.